Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we're covering The Leftovers, Season 2, Episode 6, Lens. Minor yeah. spoilers. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. No, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Minor spoilers for Lost. Major spoilers for The Leftovers up through Season 2, Episode 6, Lens. I am Mr. Sale. Uh, I am a teacher, and I'm here with one of my former students, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hi, everyone. I'm Kurt. And I, I watched this episode of The Leftovers. Brilliant. So, <laughs> dynamite drop in there. Kurt. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Kurt, I'm going to make a prediction. That's how I like to start these. Yeah. What do you think I would rate this episode? What would a Kurt rate this episode? I'll, I'll, I will give you a hint. Do you want a hint? No. Oh, okay. Uh, later. I want a hint. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> After I make the guess, I'm interested to know what your what hints you would have given me. Okay. Okay. I don't think it's too big of a hint, though. Well, I definitely don't want it, though. I understand. I understand. Okay. I am going to say that you gave this episode... I don't even know if I need it, if I want to do any preamble here. I, I, think, yeah. I think give this episode a 9 out of 10. I'm, I'm currently stuck between a six and a seven. Stop. <laughs> you, and you've gone ahead. It's not like game of the nine. I'm serious. It is between a six and a seven. A six and a seven? That it is. That it is. That, that is. That is sinful. I. That's not me. That's the episode talking there. Okay. Very disappointed in you. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell you were thinking it was gonna be high, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the bear of bad news. But this episode is between a six and a seven. Maybe, maybe. Listen, I'm, I'm leaning more towards seven. Maybe you can convince you me of an eight, but I'm not uh, thinking so here. You're. I mean, you're. You're telling me right now that you think this is the worst episode of the series so far. I. I I'll still hold on. It, it might be better than the season two premiere. Right, even though I'm iffy between six and a seven, I, I, because that that was kind of bordering six almost too. I remember that one. So you're telling me this is this is worse than BJ and the AC? Ah, how things have changed. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. What did you BJ and the AC? Seven. So you gave that a seven. Yeah, that was almost a six though. Okay, this is probably better than BJ. Yeah, yeah, it's probably better. It, Maybe this also has to do with like how good the other episodes have been relative to this one. Wow. Maybe 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 I got spoiled. Not 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 like spoilers, but it's just you know I have a I have a silver tongue now. Wow. I this this is this this is cause for concern. <laughs> this was no no this isn't. You said how many there are four more tens that you give out for the season? Oh yeah, and this is one of them. Oh this, okay. This this is. This is my favorite episode so far. Oh my god! <laughs> that is... Okay, wait, that is... I can see why that is, because this is a big Nora episode. Oh, it's so. a huge episode. But you know what, I, and I didn't tell you this, um, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally, I don't know. I'm not telling. Uh, but I, I didn't tell you that this was as much an Erica episode as it is a Nora episode. That it is, yeah. It is definitely but, an Erica and Nora episode. Man, what the heck is going on here? We I got to talk about that. 
yeah figure out what what is it that that you didn't like that you dislike so much about this episode it's not about what i disliked it's just about of i just didn't care what was going on as much this episode oh my goodness yeah i mean it's because kevin was barely in it i do like kevin a lot yeah (laughs) maybe you know i stopped caring as much about nora as i had before hmm Interesting. Because I feel like her biggest plot elements, we keep hitting on them, right, is, like, she's terrified the departure would happen again. This episode, she kind of, I don't know if it's fake confidence or whatever, but, like, no, nah, it won't happen again. They didn't depart, or whatever. And she lost her family, right? Like, those are, like, her only plot points, I feel like. Really? That they really highlight this episode, yeah. Interesting. All right, well, yeah. I... I I feel like, I feel like I can't. I mean, I if I, if you land on a six after after we discuss this, I, that's that's a big failure on my part. Uh, I mean, I feel like I have to at least get you up to a seven, if not an eight, on this. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. This is your so this is your favorite episode of the leftovers so far. Favorite episode so far. I adore okay. this episode. Well, that's because it's a Nora episode. Uh, it might be because it's a Nora episode. And Nora is, I, I think, I think that just the concept of lensing is enough to get this at least an eight. Really? You, like the theory, we've heard of other theories. But we haven't heard of this one. That's true. I, I wasn't all about the lensing theory. <laughs> well, let's start. Let's though. Yeah, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into because it. Because I, I really, I, I'm, I am aghast. You're funny. You are struck without words i'm struck or muted i'm shook as the kids say i don't think any kids says they're shook <laughs> i'm sorry do you teach high school <laughs> yeah but i know high school kids and i them say i'm real shook curse <laughs> i don't hear that all right i don't think i don't think anyone under the age of 30 says shook <laughs> like <that>. okay well <laughs> so the opening scene here is some sort of lab. We don't know what kind of lab it is, but there are lots of instruments mm-hmm. around. Then there's this guy that we don't recognize, but on this guy's board, there is a picture of Evie and the girls. Mm-hmm. Okay, And he's got like basically a pin board. I know in, the, in our Lost podcast, you're always talking about putting a pin in things. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think this is <laughs> this is a literal pin board. Uh, it's it's one of those that you might see uh, in, well, the, we kind of did see it in Kevin's office last season for the Guilty Remnant. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. So uh, so this, this guy is clearly interested in what's going on with Evie and the girls in Miracle. His name turns out to be Dr. Joaquin Cuarto. And he's on the phone, uh, but he soon exits the large re- this it's a very large research facility that he, he walks through it and there are huge labs that he's walking past which gives some indication that this is a legitimate enterprise that this is like actually some scientific research center uh and he makes his way to jarden for research and, and the, there's a big production made of of his trip into jarden and he has to stop at the at the uh, visitor center not the visitor center but whatever that toll booth is on the way into miracle and tell them that he's on his way in for research purposes he runs a golf cart 
which turns out to be a tour cart. He passes uh, the Jerry the goat guy. He passes the bride who, uh, I don't know if you noticed it at this point, but. Number- f- oh, I wait here. I, yeah. I have it here somewhere. Wait, I can do this. Passes second annual Baptist pilgrimage. Okay. That, that, that was a sign said that she was holding, taking photos with him. Yes, you're right. There you go. She, so she was taking photos with somebody, uh, the second annual Baptist pilgrimage. Uh, and there's a number 13 on the street by her house. That I did not notice. There's number 13. Uh, and he makes his way ultimately to Erica's door. But he's not really interested in talking to Erica. He knocks on the door. He confirms that this is where Evie lived. And that is it. He leaves Erica. He doesn't even give her the opportunity to say anything at that point. He immediately goes to Nora's house. <laughs> okay. Knocks on the door. And he is very, very pushy. He wants to know when she took residence. He wants to know if she had any physical contact with Evie. He wants to know if she had contact with her family before they departed. And once he starts pulling out this creepy bit of equipment that, well, that sounded awful. Um, oh, sorry. It, it, it reminds me of those like um like ghost detector things or I don't know. Yeah. So he pulls one of those out uh, and she immediately kicks him off the porch at that point. And, uh, he but he tells her i'm just trying to help you now that's a a pretty long sequence that i just ran through pretty quickly and i don't think there's any way that we could have foreseen where that sequence was headed but uh I, i you know one of the things that i find interesting about this and and i don't know if this can be confirmed. I, I I don't know the exact dates that they moved to Miracle, mm-hmm. uh, Nora and Kevin and Jill and Lily. Uh, but he says he wants to know. He he knows that they purchased the house on the twenty first, but did they take residence on the twenty first or the, did they take residence on the twenty second? The twenty second is the day that Evie and the girls went missing. Now, I think that he's talking about August twenty second. Because we know that Jill and Tommy had this meeting in the diner on the tw- uh, in August. We know it was August. We don't know when in August, but we know it was August. We're getting a timeline here. Yeah, I we don't know how long it was between that and when they decided when they actually moved to Miracle, though. So if it was August twenty second, then I don't really have anything to say about that. But if it took a month or so, which I think it may have then that would put Evie and the girls' disappearance and Nora and Kevin moving into Miracle on September 22nd, which is a significant date in Lindelof lore. Why? <laughs> okay, wait, hit me with this now. What, what, what is this thing? I, I'm starting to think you're starting to get a tinfoil hat here. Wow. Let's see little, how much you get me. It's a little tinfoily. Uh, okay. September 22nd is the date of Oceanic Flight 815. <laughs> what kind of dots are you connecting? Okay, so, uh, I'm not trying to connect dots here. I'm just saying that there's a... You're just presenting the dots and saying, hey, there, there may or may not be a connection. I'm just saying... It is, 
it is possible that September 22nd, which is the day that Oceanic Flight 815 crashed and lost, is the same date as when Nora, Kevin, Jill, and Lily moved into Miracle and Evie and the girls went missing. Do you think there is um is there anything else with the Slindeloff date? Not that I know of. Why? Oh, okay. I'm just curious. Maybe it's his birthday. That would be funny. <laughs> That would be pretty good if he started using his birthday as like special dates for uh, his various productions. If only there were some sort of interconnected series of inf- informational pages upon which we could look. Nah, I'm sick of the internet. Just Thank use you. encyclopedia or something. Fair enough. His birthday is April 24th. So nah, not even. <laughs> That's half birthday though. Wait a second. No, it's not a half birthday. <laughs> so. Yeah. So anyway, well, you know, it's just just an interesting little tidbit. It's an interesting tidbit, though. So there, there's a possibility that they disappeared at the same date, not the same year, but oh, not the same, same date. Yeah, it's lost. Do you think the universes are the same? Do you think in Lost in the future people get Thanos snapped out of existence? I don't think that I can make that claim one way or another right now, having not seen all of Lost. Mm-hmm. So. We'll have to come back to that someday. Yeah, fair enough. Are the, are the universes interconnected? Let's, let's put a 100 episode pin in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not 100 leftovers episodes. 100 lost episodes. We're going to be rewatch. <laughs> anyway. No. Uh, and then uh, we see Erica is still on the porch and has witnessed this whole thing, this whole episode with this guy, Dr. Joaquin Cuerto. Uh, and she, Erica asks, are you okay? And, and Nora says, I'm fine. Which she clearly isn't because the next scene is Nora throwing a rock through the Murphy's window. I want to I stop there, though. Yeah. Because, so, what, what was the scientist's name? Joaquin? Joaquin, yeah, Dr. Joaquin, Joaquin Cuarto. So, I, I really liked Joaquin. 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 Yeah. I liked him a lot, and I was very disappointed he did not show up again in the episode. Does he ever come back? Uh, I, I don't remember him ever coming back. That's a, that's a deduction right there. That's, that's, that's a minus point right there. Why? Because why is Joaquin not in the episode anymore? He, I actually liked him. I liked the flavor he was bringing. Like, I would have liked this episode more if it was just, like, Joaquin always trying to come back. He's trying to, like, you know, he's, he's going around the town. Kevin sees Joaquin. John sees, like, every, all the characters interact with this guy who's just, you know, super into his research. I don't know. That, that That's not too much. That was just something I was really sad about after the end. Of, like, I was kind of looking forward to seeing him some more. Okay. So well, you that. know that, that this other doctor, Dr. Allison Herbert, who keeps calling is working with yeah the, yeah yeah but i was hoping joaquin would come back yeah i understand the person that I kept calling nora because like there are two more instances of joaquin's research facility contacting yeah 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 but it's not joaquin they don't have the charm that joaquin does oh you saw joaquin for all of like three minutes yeah but i bonded with him i saw him in the intro i saw his journey okay right i saw how he just blew off erica i was like Oh, cart, sweet. Took a photo and then, like, immediately left. 
I mean, I'll admit it's very intriguing, but uh... I was super interested by Joaquin. I was just hoping for more. That's it. I, I, it's okay. I can live with that. I, I think I think that it's forgivable that, that he doesn't come back anymore. You did get Doctor Goodhart back in this. I did. Oh, it is good. I wrote. I wrote on. Is this Brian Goodhart? Question <laughs> yeah. mark. I think it is. <laughs> so Bri- I was happy to see him back. Oh my God, I can't believe it's a Brian. Brian Goodhart. This name, Lindelof, what are you doing here? September 22nd, Brian, can't handle this. Dr. Goodhart. Anyway, uh, the next scene is Nora starting Mary's routine, uh, and she's interrupted by a call from Dr. Allison Herbert, who is a colleague of Joaquin Cuartos, and she immediately hangs up. Will not hear what Dr. Herbert has to say. What it is. I guess I guess so, but Nora wants nothing to do with any of it. You know, she, uh, my my guess is that she moved to Miracle to get away from all of that, and now it's it's kind of following her. You ever you ever get calls about your car's warranty? Every day. <laughs> Kurt, over the weekend, I got a call about my car's warranty. Me too. From the city where I live. Me too. I got the same. They're going around. They're doing the rounds. It's driving me crazy. It kills me because I'm like, oh, what's it? Well, God means I actually missed the call, but I went back and called. I'm like, oh, I missed the call. Let me go call it. And then it was, we've called you because of your award. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I remember when I was really young. Not really young, but when I was younger, I was like 17 or 16. I, it was the first time I got that call. Uh-huh. And I was really concerned. I was like, oh, warranty on the car. I'm like, I don't. I don't own a car, but <laughs> like the car's not my name, but I should. Huh? I was like, wait a second. <laughs> anyway, oh, I'll I'll away from that tangent. In the same vein, I immediately hang up whenever I hear warning. Don't ha-. it's like don't hang up. Your car's warranty. Like I hang up immediately. I know exactly. So if someone ever says don't hang up. That's a very like red flag sign of perhaps you should hang up. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And uh, Dr. Allison Herbert's techniques are, are not very good here. No. <laughs> you know, don't don't lead with, I work with the guy who just accosted you on your porch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was not very tactful in that regard. Yes. Now, uh, at this point, Jill offers to take over Mary duty. Mm-hmm. Maybe literally. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow, Mr. Sal. Did you think yeah. of that one like on the spot or is that pre planned? No, that was on the spot. Nice, nice. I'll give you credit where it's due. Jill, what kills me about Jill this season? I swear, she's, just, she's such a she's such a background character this season. Yeah, I mean, she, I'll see, I'll see if she gets her own thing going on, but she's she's very uh, much so. Nah, she's she's pushed to the back burner for sure. Yeah, that's fine. She she's been she's been uh, kind of relegated to taking care of whoever's in the house <laughs> while Nora and Kevin adventure <laughs> go do their thing. Yeah, so. I didn't like Jill at first, like as a character, but then I, she grew on me. Then I liked Jill. Mm-hmm. Now she's just exists, <laughs> much like Lily. Like I mean, I don't yeah, I don't care much for Lily. It's not fun. It's just you know, she just exists. Well, I think. Or, yeah, well, Lily's a baby. Like, yeah. <laughs> how much yeah. character do you want a baby to have? More, more than what Lily has. <laughs> when do babies start to speak? When do babies start to speak? Yeah, 
Uh, it depends on the baby, but I mean, you know, anywhere from like 10 months to like 14 or 15 months. Yeah, so Eliza and Lily speaking. I don't know how old she is, do you? Surely she can speak. I not mean, that hard. If we're timelining this out, if this is... Speaking is not that hard, Mr. Sal. <laughs> okay. At the latest, this is September. No, yeah, September. So Lily was born right around Memorial Day. So she's like four or five months old. How do you get a baby to speak? <laughs> Talk to it a lot, and it tries to do what you do. <laughs> I love that explanation of it. You just talk to it, and the baby's like, ah, yes, now I finally have gathered it. The final puzzle piece solved. Yeah. I've mastered language. Well, they don't... No, mean... yeah. <laughs> no. Geniusly. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. First word. Uh, yes. Overrated. Do... It's almost the second word. Oh, okay. The first no... word. No one remembers the second word. Everyone remembers the first word. Exactly. Mine, I think, was like, mama. Yeah. It wasn't special. <laughs> I wish it was. Mr. Sal, uh, I guess you already... If you ever have any other kids, can you make sure their first word is something cool? Like, gladiator. That might be hard to say, actually. Yeah, it's it's not likely to be a, a polysyllabic word. <laughs> I never <laughs> knew that word existed. What about skull? What about polysyllabic? <laughs> <laughs> make your first kid's word be, like, super... Cal- not first kids, but make your kid's first word be super califragilisticexpialidocious. There you go. That'd be pretty baller. That would be impressive. That'd be really impressive. I don't know how you'd pull that off, but if all you showed up to the kid and said, uh, anyway, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, you're making me like the episode less. No, <laughs> you're not going to make me like this episode less. So, um, Joe takes over for uh, the, the Mary responsibility so that Nora can go back to bed. And by going back to bed, Nora attempts to start getting something going with Kevin here, who's handcuffed to the headboard of the bed. We know that mm-hmm. at the end of the last episode, they handcuffed themselves to each other. Now, it appears as though they have a headboard to their bed and Kevin is handcuffed to that. Makes more sense, I'd say. It, it does, for More sure. Comfortable. Yep, yep. Uh, but as they start going, uh, Kevin startles. And we don't know why, although we can assume Nora has no idea why. Yeah. It's uh, a cramp in his leg. Oldest trick in the book. Yeah, Everyone it? knows if they say they have a cramp in their leg, they're really seeing someone that they had once, not killed, but feel guilty towards their death. <laughs> okay. So it's a telltale sign. It's a very dead giveaway. Watch, see it. Just, just see it. I'll, I'll beware anybody that says they have a cramp in their leg then. Yeah. Got it. So uh, that ends that because Lily wakes up and that the moment is the moment. So when you hear a baby cry, do you get like, do you get like parental instincts kick in? Like, gotta, I feel as though I, I, I must help this baby. Or do you just feel like utter revolt? I don't feel revolt, but uh, there. when my kids were babies, I, I guess I probably felt that, but now I just feel sympathy for the parent. Nah. But, I might feel bad for the parent, you but poor... I also feel bad for me, too. <laughs> okay. Like, that sucks that you have to deal with that. 
We've had the crying baby conversation. Yeah, yeah, but I got to hear a cry. <laughs> oh boy, I'm excited. <laughs> I got the I I ordered these like earbuds that mm-hmm. have I I've tried the monks. I know people that have them, and they have really good noise canceling, like scarily good. Like I'll probably miss a truck coming in hitting me. Oof. They're so good. That's fine. I, it's okay because I'll I'll die wearing the headphones I love. Oh, uh, but yeah. So I'm excited for that because I won't hear babies cry then. Throw it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's not that bad. It's okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you're not offended by a very natural thing. But <laughs> natural don't make it okay. No, no, no. I'm not letting you get away with that. Just because something is natural does not make it okay. We poop. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's not okay if you poop on my lawn or like in my house. Not in the toilet, okay? Just because it's natural, don't make it okay. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm not letting you get away with that one. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, well, we're over at the Murphy's house now. <laughs> and John finds the rock uh, that neither he nor Erica heard. And we can understand why. Erica has a hearing impairment. She didn't have her, her hearing aids in. Uh, John, meanwhile... Uh, it, is a very very heavy sleeper to the point where you can stack books on his chest and he won't wake up mm-hmm. so neither one of them heard this rock come through the window but john wonders what what it's all about why did somebody throw a rock through the window and erica is pretty pointed when she says what do you think it's about so so i have to admit i i i'm kind of embarrassed that it took me so long to realize why nora threw a rock through her window or the murphy's window Okay. Because I was, I was like, why is Nora throwing a rock in the Murphy's window? It makes no sense. Was it because of Juan? Or Joaquin. Joaquin, sorry. Was it because of Joaquin? No. Why? Mm. I was so, like, this question was in my head for so long. I was like, why? Ugh. And then eventually they bring up why. I'm like, oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Forgot about the whole mad episode thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a pretty good point. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. I, I guess that'd be pretty bad too. Yeah. Yeah. Although she denies that later. She does deny it, but I mean, actions but speak louder than words. She well, denies well. a lot that really is eaten up at her. So, uh, but there's a, there's a knock on the door. They refuse to answer it. It turns out to be this guy named George Brevity, who's with the Department of Sudden Departures. Uh, and he happens to run into Nora, and they kind of, go back and forth about how she worked for the department of departures herself she's on leave yada yada and george just asks for a place to eat breakfast gives it to him and we think that's the last we're going to see of george brevity actually you probably didn't think that was the last we would see of george brevity i think it would be the first we see of, of joaquin I was, yeah, I was looking forward to all these characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole gang's in back together. I guess I say that. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> yeah. The gang's character. forming up. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the, anything you want to say about this conversation with George? Hmm. All I'll say is um, Nora's been very hostile to anyone that asks questions regarding this stuff, but not to George. But that's just because George is part of the same departure, the people of sudden departure unit that she was. So. 
But like, oh, okay. Nora doesn't right. just well, hate I, everyone asking questions. Right. I, well, I think that George is different to her because because exactly what you said. She worked for that same department. And so there's a certain amount of validation to whatever they're going to say because she knows how that department works. Yeah, she believes in her. Yes. So, and that's important coming up in a bit. Mm-hmm. Next scene is Erica jogging out into the woods where she digs up the box that she she had done this in, back in episode one. She dug up this box. There was a dead bird in it. Or no, sorry, there was a bird in it and it flew away. Yeah. But now she digs it up. There's a dead bird in it. It's still dead. And she just takes it out and tosses it off to the side where we see a whole bunch of other dead birds. So of course. Yeah. it seems as though she's been trying this over and over and over again that, that is what that implies so yeah it hasn't worked since probably since we saw it happen in the first episode i i remember thinking oh that bird was alive in the first episode yep and why are they i'm still of course curious to why she's doing this and i have no clue why she's putting birds in boxes not yet or yeah not yet later yes good old erica's grandma yeah. So Erica uh, runs into the other two uh, moms on her way into work. The other two moms are the girls who went missing. And they really want her to talk to the Department of Sudden Departure. Actually, what they want is her, for her to convince John to talk to the Department of Southern, Sudden Departure. She tells them, it's not John who's resisting, it's me. Or it's her, I guess, not Mr. Sal, but rather. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, but she, they, they give her a hard time. They really try to pressure her into talking with this guy with George Brevity, uh, but they can't say why because they signed a non-disclosure agreement. And Erica refuses because they can't help them find their kids. Okay, she, she said, you know, "What difference does any of this make? They can't help us. You know, they've got people looking for their daughters." the department of sudden departure isn't going to be able to help them uh, i think the thinking there is if they departed then they're gone and what difference does this survey make uh if they didn't depart then the department of sudden departures isn't going to help them anyway yeah yeah, yeah that's interesting. yep um so she, she refuses or she because she believes that they can't help and she also mentions some benefit tonight mm-hmm. the fundraiser yeah yeah now why do you think she won't talk to the Department of Southern Departure? Because the exact inverse argument could be made. What's it going to hurt? Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Why? It, it, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, if it doesn't matter, like, what, what, what's wrong with doing that? Especially if he keeps coming. Yeah. And I, the only thing I can say is she's just in denial, right? She's, she's afraid yeah. of talking to them and them saying, oh, yeah, they departed. Yep. Definitely a departure, right? Because once they've departed, I mean, no one's heard of someone coming back. No, nope. uh, I think, and I think that's what it is. I think this is her refusing to admit that it's a possibility that they departed. Yes, denial. First steps of grief. Do you know all the steps to grief, Mister Sal? Oh, I know there's denial. At the end, there's acceptance. There's uh, a lot anger, of, bargaining, bargaining, and anger. Yep. Um, you didn't let me finish. I was going to say bargaining. Okay. Yeah, I, I was remembering them too. <laughs> is there is there angry? Bargaining and anger. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's sadness then in there. Like depression? 
Dragons. I'm not sure if there is actually. I feel like that's gotta be part of it, right? Maybe. I feel I feel like what's gotta be is denial, you bargain, you you're angry. And is it despair? Is there despair one of them? Despair despair makes better than sadness, but despair. I think I think anyway, now that we <laughs> there's there's there those five I think. The order up to you guys to decide, but well, honestly, like th- this is quite pertinent because this show really is well, that's true. Yeah, we do have to go through grief a lot, grief and, and loss. It, it's it's that's really what it's about. So, uh, it, I'm going to tell you what what the stages are right now. It's denial, then anger, then bargaining, then depression, <laughs> then acceptance. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and we kind of. We see a lot of this in Erica in this episode. So, uh, and we should keep an eye on that for the rest of the series too, with, especially with Erica. But I had a question for you I, because I agree. I think there's at least part of this reason that she won't answer this. Uh, she won't answer these questions is denial and refusal to accept that they could have departed. But do you think that this could be why so many people still need the Department of Sudden Departure three years later. Because oh. when we first heard Nora giving an interview for the DSD, mm-hmm. I think your, one of your questions that came up was, why is this still happening three years later? It seems like this should have been resolved by now. But do you think that there was, is a lot of what Erica's feeling a lot of denial, a lot of refusal to accept that they could have departed and and refusal to give up hope that they're coming back. And that's why people wait like three years before they finally try to get their de- uh, departure benefit. Uh, do I? Yeah, I think that could definitely be the case. If, mm-hmm. if, if I was told tomorrow, yeah, some, some of your family disappeared and they're never coming back. Right, especially the first time it had like that departure's never happened in recorded human history, so they'd I wouldn't believe it, yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't believe it for a while, yep, like no, there's no way this is yeah. some elaborate yep. kidnapping, yep. So we we had originally kind of just chalked that up to bureaucracy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I also like, I like the idea more being that it is just bureaucracy, yeah. That's certainly possible, but I think that a lot of it is also this, this idea that people are unwilling to admit it, and so they're not going to make that phone call until years later. Yeah, fair enough, because then it's, it's kind of final, like, yep, we agree, they are definitely departed, no hope. Right. Yeah. Next scene is uh, George Brevity eating... What I thought he said was going to be breakfast, but he's eating brisket, which... Uh, are you a fan of brisket? Yeah, okay. I like oh. a lot. I like other things more. I love a good brisket. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh, man. And if, according to George, forget the water. This brisket's the miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I love George Brevity, by the way. I, I do like him. Do we see more of him? I, I, we've got some I more of him. There's, I think he does make another appearance later in the series. But I think, I don't know. I feel like if he doesn't find out that Nora's the one that swiped that from him, I'm going to be dumbfounded. Like, come on. You gotta know. George, but, you gotta know. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, probably. He probably could figure that out. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, she's you can. She says that she's there to pick up food, but we can. It's pretty transparent. She is there because George is there, and she wants to talk to George because for her, what she needs out of him is for him to tell her that they have ruled this as an unconfirmed departure. Yeah. That that this is not a real thing. Yeah. You know, we we had that scene. I think it was last week in Orange Sticker uh, when she and Jill were drinking bourbon on the porch. And uh, Jill, or I'm sorry, Nora told her the story of, of the guy who had this elaborate um, con to fake his departure and go to, I think it was Puerto Rico. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lovely idea, by the way. Oh, yeah. For execution. Yes, for sure. But so Nora is, was firmly planting the flag that they did not depart even though later at the end of that episode she asks kevin do you think they're ever going to find those girls so she's showing some uncertainty there now here comes george who can really give her some inside information as to whether they're thinking that this actually is a departure and she is going to do everything she can to get out of him and kind of lead him to say this was this is fake this is fake this is not really a departure mm-hmm. but yeah. george does not do that Do- no george, george is like mm, all signs point towards it yeah yeah he said it all depends on your neighbors the murphys none of the fraud flags have popped from the other two so no this this is this is bad this is bad mm-hmm. news for nora uh, this is like earth shattering for her not the and, fraud flags no well yeah exactly no, no fraud flags you know, that she was banking on this the, 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 because if it's a matter of geography and she needed to get out of mapleton and get to miracle where nobody departed and now even the dsd won't say this is not a real departure she's in major trouble here this is why she came to miracle the so, real estate Yes, it's why she spent $3 million on that real estate. Like, no, think all the yeah. money you're going to lose. Yeah. Sell, sell, nor quick. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, at this point, what do you do? Do you sell? Or oh, do yeah. You... Oh, I sell quick. Do you? Oh, yeah. I, I don't think word's out enough yet. I sell. This is, I don't know if this is, like, nationwide news yet. I sell. Oh, yeah. You don't think world word is out enough yet? I mean, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. I. I feel like at this point she probably needs to hold on to okay. it and hope, and hope that it gets disproven. Here, here's what I do. Here's what I do. Honestly, three million dollars at stake. I spend like twenty grand maybe, and I hire so many people that want to become writers. I just hire a lot of people and have them write fake articles that girls found or girls found dead or just make sure they're not departed. Get that fake news spreading, <laughs> and hopefully it's enough to help the real estate. I could sell it at enough of a price. I'm not too disappointed. Huh. There you go. Oh boy, we do live in an age of misinformation, so may as well. Try <laughs> I feel like that's the best plan, right? In terms of like getting the most money. You know, I I think that I, I can t- I take your point, and I think that people would have thought to do it now. I'm not sure that people would have thought to do this in like 2013 or whenever this takes place. 
Yeah, well, if they thought of it, I'll tell you what, Nori, they'll make probably back that money on your house. <laughs> could could be, could be. But for I, I get the impression that for Nora, it's not about the money. It's not about the real estate, although I, I it do. It disgusts me. Oh, yeah. It should all be all about the money. $3 million is nothing to scoff at, Nora. You, no. you can fully retire. You guys can retire on that. Right. Well, I think that was their plan. That you know, they've got all this money. They can actually start fresh and miracle. They can both leave their jobs and so forth. But now they've spent the money and the house is losing value. Although again, they never even mentioned the home losing value. Uh so I don't think it's about the money. This do you think is they're about... real adults to you. Who, Nora and Kevin? Yeah, do you think they're real adults? Do you think most adults would be like super worried about some uh, nice value thing? Well, I mean, in the world we live in, yes. If I'm Nora, though, I mean, and I think this, it comes across very clearly in this episode. For Nora, she doesn't care about the money. She Her money's needs... departing, though, Mr. Sal. The money is what? It's departing. The money is departing. Yeah. But she spent $3 million on the house because she wants to live in Miracle, because she believes it's safe. Well, there ain't no miracles in Miracle. Apparently. Anyway, ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It just kills me. It kills me so much thinking about this house. I'm like, ugh. Why are you guys selling? It is hard to something? think. About. We know why they're not selling. Because oh, Nora needs this place to be the real deal just as much as Jill needed to not find a gun in Nora's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, Nora needs this. And that's why she's clinging so desperately to the idea that the girls did not depart. By the way, do you think they departed? I've asked you this before, but I want to see if you've changed your mind. It's kind. It's kind of real. Nah. You don't. You, you, I think you said no before. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I'm still holding strong. Okay. And I don't think they'll ever come back in the series. Okay. I'm gonna say no. They do not depart. And the only reason why is, to my knowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong, they've never spoke about another secondary departure ever happening. Someone departing after the departure. Correct. Right. That. Yeah. yeah it hasn't happened. So why these three? And right. maybe that's part of the Jardin and Miracle itself. Well, but... why these three is what George is about to bring up. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he mentions to Nora that there's a new questionnaire, but that he can't share it with her. And that Nora is very interested in seeing this questionnaire because she she really wants to know what these fraud flags are that he's talking about. Um. George is convinced that the girls departed and he lays out all the evidence, you know, that they, they departed from their car, which was still running music, playing phones in the car, doors locked. It's as though they disappeared right out of the car. And there's more evidence that he lays out too. And Nora hates this. You can see just her skin start to crawl as he lays out all this evidence and makes the claim that he thinks they probably did depart. Mm-hmm. But, she also seems to value George's opinion. So there's, there's a, a conflict going on within her. You know, I don't want to believe this, but this is a credible source. Yeah, this is, this is the guy. Yeah. This is, wait a minute, what guy? Just, he's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah, he's the guy. You ever, you ever have just, he's, like, he's the guy, or he's, she's the yeah. girl. This is the guy. He's the guy for this. He's the guy, yeah. It's like Lalo to to uh, Saul Goodman. You're the guy for this. 
Yeah. I mean, you you have those people in your life, like for a certain thing, like that's that's the guy, that's the girl, right? I I have some issue with blank. Yep. I have, I have something wrong with my car. I know who I ask. I I have a guy for that. I'm like, hey. Yep. Hey, guy. <laughs> that's not exactly what I say. You want to start a podcast? You say, Kurt, you're the guy for this. this yeah. Is... Oh, yeah. You did say that, didn't you? I did. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> I did. Oh, you're the guy. And I was right. So, I mean, I guess. Uh, But for Nora, George is the guy. Like, his opinion matters, but she does not want to hear this. This is not what she's I, hoping for. I hate this, by the way, when someone asks for my opinion. Oh, me too. But then, but then they they didn't want my opinion. They wanted to hear what they wanted to hear, right? Like, why did you ask for my opinion if you just if, if you didn't want my opinion? <laughs> That's why I, I tell people, and they're like, they get upset at my opinion, or the, not not even upset, but they start like, I don't know how to describe it, but you know what I mean. People ask for your opinion, and they don't like what they hear, and they kind of even argue about it. Like, no, 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 no. It's fine. Like sometimes I'll ask people just for curiosity's sake, but. Yeah, it can be okay to argue it, but some people they used to ask yeah. you. Should I take? Should I pick the red one or the blue one? Oh, I like the blue one better. I'm gonna go with the red one. Like, why? I, <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Yeah, why did you ask me? Yeah, I, I'm some. I, I, yeah, I've known people that are really indecisive, and what kills me about someone that's really indecisive sometimes is that yeah, they'll or like they'll ask, and I'll, I'll. I understand when someone's being very indecisive, and if I want them to be decisive, I'll just say, I'll be very direct, I'll say, pick this one, do that one. And so they'll still go, <laughs> okay, then you don't want that one, do the other one. No, but I don't, no, no, no. <laughs> Why is it? A trick I learned that someone told me when I was younger was, if you're really stuck between two things, flip a coin, and like before it lands, I, I feel this way too, I you kind of just get a feel. At least I get this feeling of, I hope it's heads. I hope it's tails. Like it's just just a minor hope of one over the other. Yes. If 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 if, yeah. No, normally that happens. Not always, but normally I get like a minor glimpse of. Actually, you know what? I don't need this coin. I want heads. But, yep. Yeah. You um you we, you and I have talked before about the Freakonomics podcast, right? Yeah. Okay, so Freakonomics did a whole episode on quitting, but they tied it in with an experiment they were doing, which was if you had a, a big decision that you were trying to make and you were legitimately on the fence, they wanted you to let them flip a coin for you. Okay. <laughs> and then, you, but you had to like commit to going with whatever they said. Okay, and so what happened? Experiment. You know what? I, I don't know how the experiment turned out because the experiment wasn't for Freakonomics. It was for Steve Levitt's research at the University of Chicago. So I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be interested to see how that all went down. But, so, wait, so was your choice either take the coin, don't take the coin, or everyone took the coin and they just have to listen to what the coin says? No. So it was like, I'm thinking about quitting my job, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, but I really on the fence. I legitimately don't know if I should or or should not, or if I want to or don't want to. And in that case, you know, literally is it's a coin toss. And so they just wanted you to let them do the virtual coin toss, and then you go along with it. Huh. See, the, huh. you know, that's a weird thing. I wonder if they would have felt the same way if they just told them directly how they felt. If like even Dumbner went. 
not quit your job or keep your job. Because there's something about people, not everyone, but some people feel, well, let's make the teams random. That's fair. Yeah. And to me, that's not fair at all. When people feel like making things random mm-hmm. makes it fair or now it's balanced and it's equal, sometimes it does, like in turn order or something, right? Okay, that's fair. We can just do it randomly. Yeah. But if you're making teams, like, let's just make them random. I'm like, that, that way it's fair. I'm like, is that fair though? Like you're just <laughs> you're just letting it be random, and you're going now it's fair because it was randomly picked. I'm like, that, I like, I don't I don't think that's the case, right? I don't think random right. random does not equal fair. Yeah, but, some, I mean, some people think it does. <laughs> what random does do is it eliminates, uh, it gives you deniability. If you're the one mm-hmm. making the teams, you can't blame me for how the teams turned out. It was all random. Yeah. Right. But. That's, so that's an interesting study. Though. So my biases were not involved in making these teams. Yeah. I didn't intentionally put you on the same team as your arch nemesis. Yeah. It's just the way the cards fell. Yeah. So, yeah. right. So, but, and I don't, I don't know that this is, there's a direct through line to what Nora's doing here for Nora. I don't think she's asking his opinion and then rejecting it. I think that she simultaneously values his opinion, but also, really hopes that his opinion lines up with what she wants. Oh yeah. So because she she has a clear thing that she wants. So that so that's what makes this different from should I pick the red one or the blue one? Like she knows what she wants. Yeah. And she's looking for validation more than anything. She wants the red one but they only have blue ones in stock. Oh. So you sure did you check the back? Surely there's some in the back. <laughs> right. Yep. But um, so George's uh, opinion uh, does have value to her, but she asks him because because he, his opinion has value to her. She asks him about this concept that's been put in her head by Joaquin. And Joaquin didn't really even outwardly accuse her of this, but definitely implied that she was the cause of all of the, the departures of these three girls. Mm hmm. Right. He didn't outwardly say that, right? I don't think he did, but yeah, he just he just outlined the the connection of you moved in, they departed. So. Yep, exactly. So he he heavily implied this this was you. This wasn't the connection here. Yeah, right. And George gives that uh, concept of someone being responsible for another person's departure. He gives that a label. He gives it a name, and he calls it lensing. And that's the title of the episode, Lens. Um, and it's mentioned in the Scientific American article that they got last month on their email, which Nora isn't getting apparently right now because she's on leave from the DSD. And he, he uses the, the metaphor of a magnifying glass, how, you know, a kid with a magnifying glass lines it up with the sun and, you know, burns ants. Right. You ever do that? Uh, I think I may have tried it once. Interestingly, um, my nephew m- with a piece of wood and a magnifying glass burned my son's initials into the piece of wood. And my son still, he, he's got the piece of wood in his room. He's had it for years. Wow. That's pretty, that's cool. It I was, mean, that's, that's it was cool. Dope. It was fun to watch. How old was the nephew when he did that? Oh, let's see. So my son is nine. He's probably had it since he was six, which would have make made my nephew maybe eight. 
Oh wow. Yeah. He's young too. Wow. Okay, that's cool. That's yeah, a, that's a scary thing though. This kid's age eight mastering the way of fire. I'd be weary. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was pretty cool though. Practicing but, some firebending. Firebending? Did you say? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm I'm pretty deep into that series. Did I tell you that? What Avatar? Yeah. Really, I haven't seen Avatar since I was a kid. I I, I remember the series because I did watch all of it, mm-hmm. but I I remember glimpses. I yeah. It's I know very story. good, actually. I I hear a lot of people are watching it now that it's on Netflix again and stuff. Yeah, it's very good. But anyway, so Nora, th- this this concept of lensing, Nora is really shook by this. Ah, see, I worked it in again, but. But she smiles when she asks him to forward the article to her. It's like like she is distraught by the concept that this could be legitimate, by the the possibility that this could be legitimate. But if she turns on the charm and says, "Can you forward me that?" You know, like it, like there's nothing wrong. Like she's it's just academic curiosity to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, that what do you do if you cause departures around you? Like that if that is the case, almost like um. What's that King's touch? Midas? Midas? King Midas? Yeah. yeah. Gold touch. Mm-hmm. Real well, curse. The- no, I guess there's no real blessing to it, though, like the Midas touch. Midas, it's like, at least there's some upside. He's got gold. I mean, there could be a blessing to it if it's people you don't want around anymore. That's true, yeah. But... You, you take Norma and put her, like, in a prison, and then, you know, we'll see. But, you know, this is why I, I really would argue your your thesis that this isn't the same old nora stuff because she's never this is this concept is never thesis. in mind what you said my thesis yeah well the, your your thesis for for rating this episode as low as you did uh-huh. is that this is just the same old nora stuff blah 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 she's she's, she's just worried about the departure always well, of course she is. Yeah, but you gotta move on, Nora. Family, and now she's lost her three or the the girls that she just saw the night before. I bet she doesn't even remember her name. And okay, <laughs> and she's and she's got one person on her porch hitting her with a Ghostbusters machine, trying to see if she was the cause of it. And now she's got this credible source trying to valid or kind of validating it without even knowing that it applies to her he's validating that this is a possibility and so this is something she has never even it's never crossed her mind that she could have been responsible for the departure well that that might be a bombshell not that much of a bombshell to me just the because to me so we never really found out the cause behind the departure and i just like these theories and stuff, I think they're interesting. Yeah. But I just don't give them credence. And I don't know if just because of the way I think of the show and stuff, but I, I just don't think it's real. Okay. And I understand she That's, thinks it's real and right. how it makes her feel. I understand yeah. that. But. Hmm. That, but that's that's what this is about. It's not about yeah. whether or not it's real. It's yeah, about, yeah. It's about how it makes her feel. Her. You know, this, this, is, this is. She spent $3 million to get here. Because she thought it was a matter of geography. And so to be safe, she bought this house for three Well, that's the second time you said a matter of geography. Right. Well, I mean, that's the title of the second episode. I know. (laughs) But, but so, so, but I didn't, it's not the title of this episode. But anyway, (laughs) 
<laughs> so, but she did that because she thought that that could protect her and her family. She doesn't get lost. Yes. Yeah. Then we saw an orange sticker. Was it orange sticker? Yeah, it was. We saw her um, freak out when she thought possibly Kevin departed because she woke up and he wasn't there. Okay. And that was then now we get this idea planted in her head that she could be the cause of this, that it's because these people are close to her that they're departing. And that change just changes her entire outlook on the situation because now she, if that's the case, if that's true, she can't escape it. So where she before needed the, the, this not to be a secondary departure now she needs it on a whole other level because if it's real, if this is actually a departure and she's the cause of it, well, if it, forget if she's the cause of it, if this is actually a departure, then there is more evidence that she's the cause of it and she cannot escape herself. So where do you go from there? What do you do? You don't, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do. You, you are, you are the epicenter of, a departure for anybody that potentially that gets close to you and you are screwed for life at that point. Mm-hmm. So she, the, her need for this to not be a departure is next leveled by the fact that, uh, that George brevity is validating this possibility of lensing. Well, here, here's what we can do. Uh, how long has it been since the original departure? Based on the time. So it was October? Yeah, so it's almost four years. Almost four years. So we'll say three and a half. Uh-huh. Actually, wait. Not even, yeah, oh, whatever. Four, almost four years. So if we say, back for the original departure, three people disappeared by Nora. Okay. Yep. This, this time around, three people might have departed. Okay. About every nearly four odd years, three people depart around Nora. On average. Really, really bad average right now. It's based on two points, but we'll just you know keep it going. We'll extrapolate it out. It's like the trolley problem, kind of right. Like, would Nora rather run over thirty strangers, or uh, you know, leave her family? Yeah. But but you she doesn't know because the first time it happened, it was her immediate family and the. No, second- that's a very good case. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So I don't. So- but it, the only thing that gets me about it is why why did all those people disappear at once, but only three this time around Nora, and no mm-hmm. one else ever had it? Like, how, how did Nora... Because I feel like then either there's a lot of people that cause departures, mm-hmm. but in that case, why is Nora the first one to do it again? Or Nora caused all those departures, all the 2% is Nora. Well, that seems that unlikely. Because... Well, exa- well, yeah, why though? Why is it unlikely that Nora caused the whole 2%? Because there were people in other countries that departed. Yeah, exactly, but we don't, like, I don't, she didn't know Evie's friends, they departed, right? She wasn't but by she was them. Right they next to them. Right? No, they were in their car off by the lake or wherever. She walked right by the car. Nora? Yeah. When they were off at the lake, though? Not at the lake. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I know she was by them at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, but she wasn't there for their, like, actual departure departure. If that's the case. I just... 
right. I don't. Yeah, I still. Don't. I I think that I think you're getting hung up on. If what, it's real, not that's true. Yeah, that, that that does not matter. You're right in this case. It, what matters is how it makes Nora feel. Right, and because I think pretty clearly, even if lensing is a thing, either Nora is not the only lens, or she's not even a lens. Yeah, because she didn't have any impact on people in, say, you know, Israel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you're right. Three years in between this occurrence and and the next. It is a long time. So I, I don't think there's much credence to uh, the lensing being real. I think it's interesting and a thing to think about academically, I suppose. But for Nora, it even though she rationally probably knows this can't be real, she needs to validate it. Yeah. So, so that she can proceed with the rest of her life. Speaking of proceeding, let's move on to uh, Erica. <laughs> How long have we been on this part? Oh my god! I mean, Kurt, I've got the so podcast many... is over an hour right now. I know, and I've got so many pages of notes. <laughs> two and a half pages in, like this is this is going to be a long one. Okay, well, yeah. anyway. well, I, I mean, I, I think it has to be a long one because this is your least favorite episode so far, and my favorite episode so far, and we we need to reconcile that somehow. <laughs> Well, then you've got to lower your score. So that means you want to meet in the middle one? Compromise is the best decision-making, right, Mr. Cell? Nah, uh, I hate compromise. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I'll meet you halfway. Oh, wow. So you're going to meet me at a, what, an eight? I'm going to lower my score down to a six. Oh, God. So, yeah, I thought we could meet at an eight. So the next scene, this is, this is I think, really interesting. We're in this uh, urgent care where Erica works. Mm-hmm. And somebody says, there's a patient that you should see. And she says, well, can't somebody else do it? And they say, no, I think it should be you. And she immediately knows why it should be her. I, I love this telltale sign. I'm just, oh, no, it should be you. Okay. Well, yes. John is up to something. So this informs so much, though. It informs that this has happened before because Erica knows exactly what this other person is talking about. And it informs that it's not just Erica who knows about this stuff. It's this whole staff here knows that Erica is going to try to get John out of stuff. So John beat up Dr. Goodhart really bad. And why? Because he was selling water from the spring. We saw him collecting that water in episode one. There's no more spring. And now he's selling it. And he's selling it for like copious quantities of money. 500 a milliliter. A milliliter. (laughs) That's crazy. Just for those of you who aren't very familiar with the metric system. (laughs) A thousand milliliters would get you a liter, which is about a quart. So, a I feel like most people don't know what a quart is either. I don't know what a quart is. Okay, a qu- okay, a quart is a quarter gallon. Okay, so oh, okay, think of it this way: there are about four thousand milliliters in a gallon. Okay, he's right. selling this for five hundred dollars per milliliter. That's two million dollars for the gallon. I think for a gallon, two million dollars. That's a lot of money. This is very two million or two hundred thousand. But anyway, yeah. so it's got two million actually. Yeah, it's got to be two million. Yeah. So he's selling this stuff, and John took exception to this. He also took Doctor Goodhart's palm print, 
Yeah. Oh, I liked that. Yeah. And <laughs> and Doctor Goodhart wants um, Erica's full report for when he describes his assailant uh, to the authorities. Well, before he can describe John, Erica go- goes ahead and does it for him, and describes him perfectly. Obviously, it's her husband, and asks him to let him slide this one time. <laughs> I love that. I'm just like, oh, I just let him slide. Yeah, but so so she she gives him. She, you know, she, what's the expression for this? The she tries the carrot. Now she's gonna try the stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she gives him like the easy way. <laughs> yep. But now now then she gets a bit more forceful. Go, go then. Yeah. Why would I do that? And then she makes like this not so veiled threat. It's a very thinly veiled threat. It <laughs> says because I have plans tonight and I don't want to miss them because I'm back in here fixing you up again. So <laughs> it's. It's it's just a matter of fact. Oh, she just doesn't want to waste her, you know, time fixing him up again. But she's telling him, <laughs> "You will end up back here if you turn him into the authorities." Yeah. So, I mean, she may as well be saying, "I'll do this to you if you don't turn, if you don't, or if you try to turn him in." So, but Erica, in the process of kind of letting John off the hook and getting, getting him out of this situation does seem pretty agitated by it. Like Mm -hmm. she she definitely seems like she doesn't want to have to keep doing this. Um, So I, you know, and interestingly, like, I think this episode is as much Erica as it is Nora. We've spent a lot of time talking about Nora. Okay. But so this is part of the reason why I'm having trouble believing that you're at a six or a seven with this, because even if you don't like the Nora stuff, I think the Erica stuff is amazing. I like the Erica stuff. Yeah. It's really good. Like it's, it's good. Oh boy. It's not really good. Okay. Okay. eh, That's good. Okay, well, when Erica <laughs> gets home, she finds Lily on the truck outside the house. This is like... So is this a common thing? No! <laughs> like, sure, though? Like, what if the baby was just quiet? Alright, maybe it's a common thing. It's never happened to me, and maybe that's... What, I just can't imagine it ever happening to me, so maybe that's why I think it's not a common thing. Maybe it is a common thing. I see it happening. I leave my keys sometimes or my phone. I leave my phone in my car sometimes. Okay. So. Clearly, same thing. So. Baby's uh, asleep. I'm just got busy. <laughs> I got to go. Well, it turns out that's what happened. Yeah. Kevin just had his hands full. He couldn't carry everything. And he chose the wallpaper stuff before Lily, which is... <laughs> Can I just have it be noted that when... When she went to return the baby to Nora, Nora was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I, it must have been Kevin." Like she said, "It's Kevin." I yeah. thought she was blaming Kevin. Like, "Oh, was it really Nora?" I just, I, I don't know why. I just thought it was Nora. She's blaming Kevin because oh she's, she's so distraught by this. I thought she was so distraught by this like lens thing that she just rushed home to read it. And she right. like left Lily there. Yes, but it wasn't Nora. It, it was actually, not actually Nora. Yeah. yeah. So no, but I like that we don't know that right away. It's pretty interesting. But um, Nora does drop the the fact that her kids are gone, and all she says is they're gone. Yes. On Erica at this point, 
uh, and this is important for later, but it doesn't really come into play quite yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, Nora takes Lily to wherever Kevin is talking to himself as he removes the wallpaper. Of course, by talking to himself, I mean talking to Patty. Yeah, I like how in this episode we see Kevin interact with Patty. Yeah. Without actually seeing Patty. I really like that. Yes. Yes. Because this is not his perspective episode. Mm-hmm. Like we're seeing everybody else and observing Kevin. Sadly. But sadly. Don't worry, you are gonna get plenty of Kevin. The the next two episodes are so heavily Kevin. Holy cow. <laughs> Good. So, yeah. I miss you, Patty. Uh, oh, you're going to get plenty of Patty, too. <laughs> Don't you worry. The next two episodes. Whew. All right. Um, so Kevin apologizes profusely. He's mortified that he did this. Nora seems unfazed. Like, that's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, it happens. Uh, but, you know, that she's surprised that... Uh, uh, or, I'm sorry, she, she surprises Kevin by saying that she wants to go to this benefit tonight. And Kevin's like, you want to go to that? Like, d- why do you want to go to that? Didn't they just screw over Matt? Yeah, this is where I clicked with me. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's how she threw the rock. Yeah, right. Matt, yeah, forgot about him. That's where they have Mary, yeah. Yeah, Famous. exactly. Yeah, because, and, and I think more so than the fact that they screwed over Matt is the fact that Nora now has to take care of Mary. Yeah. And that I think or drives... Jill, yeah, yeah, so yeah, exactly or Jill, yes. So, uh, but she says, no, I want to go and support their neighbors. Matt screwed himself over; it wasn't the Murphys. Uh, that's what she's. That's the song she's singing right now. Although I think I'm, I'm having trouble buying that story. But and she she did, after all, throw a rock through their window earlier in this episode. So I'm not quite sure why she wants to go to this benefit tonight. Me either. I, I I I thought maybe she was gonna be something skeevery or well she she does. She does, but I didn't I wasn't thinking George. I was thinking maybe she should get nope. revenge on Erica and Not, John. It isn't George. Oh. Remember I mean Matt brings this up later in the episode. Wait, what? That bringing Mary won't that seem aggressive. I think that was oh. the Oh, okay. She's going to bring Mary because that will be a passive-aggressive F to the Murphys. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, back at the Murphys' house, John asks Erica if she thinks the rock is on him because of what he does. And Erica is quite confrontational and clearly fed up with him. And she basically calls him calls his bluff and says, let's just call us what it is. You need to hit people because you need to hit people, mm-hmm. which makes me wonder how many times he's hit her. We haven't seen any aggression toward Erica at all from John. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah. Even though I probably, he's a pretty violent guy. He's a pretty violent guy. He's been in jail for attempted murder and she's telling him now you need to hit people because you need to hit people. Now it's very possible that he never has tried to hit her because I don't think she says this to him with this level of confidence and, and holds her ground like this. Uh, if he has been aggressive with her in the past, mm-hmm. but, and, and what he says next 
kind of implies that he probably hasn't been violent with her. He says, I'm trying. Yeah. So, you know, and they hug. But as they're hugging, Erica sees Jill and Michael holding hands outside. Hey, Jill gets something to do here. Yeah. Well, you know what bothered me too is that Erica never brings up Mike and Jill. To John? Not, no, not even to John. Later when she's talking to Mike one-on-one, mm-hmm. never brings up him in jail. Well, I think by that point, there are bigger fish to fry with Michael. Huh? Fair enough. Yeah, I understand. There. Uh, I mean, while you're at it, might as well knock out <laughs> the small fish too, right? Uh, well, you're frying uh, all these fish. What, what? What's a small fish? You know, might as well, might as well throw it on there. Okay, do you, do you subscribe to that philosophy? Because I, I go back and forth on this. It depends. It depends on what you're doing. Yeah. It depends. It, like you know, if you if you got a hard deadline, then you got to fry the big fish. But you know, if you're just trying to get stuff down, might as well yeah. fry the small ones too while you're at it. Well, I'm I'm, th- I'm talking about more personally. Like if you're airing grievances, do you air all? Oh, the- okay. You. <laughs> uh, depends on the grievances, I guess. Yeah, I definitely go back and forth on this. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? We're gonna get it all out there right now. And then uh, times I'm like I can't pile on any more than I already have. Normally though, I don't I don't normally I don't normally air out like multiple. Though, normally I don't have like normally if I have a grievance, mm-hmm. the grievance is known. If if I feel that it must be known. No, all right. Now, now anything's giving me a grievance that are not like you know joking them like oh I can't believe they've done this but I, you know I, I don't think I complain very much. Gotcha. I think. I do complain a lot, but for an actual grievance, grievance, where I've got to tell someone, hey, you've got to be blah, blah. No. All right. Well, Jill and Michael are going to go to the fundraiser together, and Nora gets a call again from Dr. Allison Herbert. And for some reason, this time, Nora lets her speak, probably because George Brevity has put in her head the possibility that she could actually be a lens because lensing might actually be a thing. And <laughs> Uh, Dr. Allison Herbert tells her that Dr. Joaquin's data looks pretty promising and that they want to collect more and that they think she is, a, in fact, a lens. And Nora is suddenly able to hear this and start processing it and actually start to believe it. And she says, why me? And this is where they, <laughs> they lose all credibility. <laughs> We believe that the demon Azrael has has chosen you as his earthbound instrument. (laughs) I love that so much. I love how ridiculous they make it sound. Oh, yeah. And they've contacted the Vatican. (laughs) And Nora just hangs up. And I can't tell if she's laughing or crying as she hangs up. At first, I think she's definitely laughing. I don't know if it turns into a cry, though. Yeah. Have you ever seen someone laugh and cry? Yes. Like, I remember in kindergarten, my uh, my teacher, yeah, it was her last year, like, teaching, and she was retiring, and at, like, the end of the year, I mean, we're not really graduating, we're in kindergarten, but it's, like, the end of the year, and all the retiring teachers are going up, and when she was up there, she was crying and laughing, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a very scary sight for a young girl, <laughs> I, was, I was very scared, I was very confused. <laughs> And I could not understand why she was like crying and then laughing and then crying. I was very concerned. <laughs> I, was, I, oh, I, I don't think to this day I've ever seen someone cry and laugh the way she did. She was very, it's just very, 
Maybe I, maybe it was just, I don't know, really. Very vivid memory of that. <laughs> interesting. That's interesting stuff. Um, so I forgot to mention earlier that uh, Erica was looking for her hearing aid battery. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she went upstairs to go get it, and then, yes. And now she's found them. She has a stash in, like, a backpack that also has a whole lot of cash in it. Yeah, I labeled that this is either hers slash their to-go bag. <laughs> in question uh-huh. mark, as in, I don't know which one. Is it her to-go bag, or is it their to-go bag? Good question. But good for you for recognizing that it's to go a to go bag. No, it keeps that much cash unless it's a to go bag, right? I've watched enough like Breaking Bad or whatever, like you know Dexter. You, you get your to go bags. Yep. <laughs> okay. I keep a to go bag. You never know. Do you? I, I don't. I don't even do anything illegal. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, before she can uh, get her hearing aid batteries in, she there's the, somebody at the door tries to leave a pie and she sees it and she just books it chasing after this kid. She almost gets hit by hit by a car cause she can't hear anything. And it turns out that the pies are coming from Virgil. I, you- I, I love, I'm sorry. I just love the way when she finally gets this kid, she's like, say it again, but slower. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause she can't hear. She doesn't have her hearing. Yeah. Yeah. She's like trying to read his lips like say yeah. it again, but slow. <laughs> yes. I don't know what I would do. So like chased me down I finally got me to the ground, and it was like, no, 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 say that again, but slowly. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. But did you foresee that the pies were coming from Virgil? Not at all. Pie already uh, left my mind. Yeah. There's not really any way you could have seen this coming. So, But they are coming from Virgil, and she asks why he's doing this. Well, first she says, what's that? And he goes, that's a pie. <laughs> I love it. But she wants to know why he's doing it. And he says, because you're in pain. And she, she invokes the fact that the first pie came on John's birthday. And that's before Evie disappeared. And so how much pain were they really in then? But he lets drop that Michael has been coming to pray with him. And this sets Erica right off this, the whole stay away from my family thing. But Virgil does say that he is her family. Yeah. So he I also, don't know if, she, if he's her uncle or brother. Mm-hmm. Some other relation, but yeah. But, well, he also says that he knows that he did something and he knows he can never make it right. I'm very curious if this is. Yeah, this is definitely a big question because we they it's mentioned again later on that Virgil has done something. Yeah, that at least to Erica is unforgivable. Uh, um, at least feels like it's unforgivable. Okay. Erica does not forgive him. There you go. Correct, but Erica goes and confronts him. Yeah, and later she tells Michael, you know, do you know what what your father would do if he found out? Shoot him again. It, it's it's yeah. It sounds like. The again is what gets me. Yeah, yeah, I know. I love that line, but it sounds more like John's got a bigger problem with Virgil than Erica does. But, or but maybe she still, but she still referred to something like, or Virgil understands what he did. Yes. Oh, <gasps> wait. Oh, okay. My my crackpot theory. John went to jail for attempted murder he attempted to murder virgil 
Ah. And Virgil actually got him prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Ah. There you go. Um, and before Erica leaves, Virgil offers her a bird. <laughs> and so I put a theory of, is this why she's a bird killer? Because <laughs> you just hate Virgil so much that she just kills birds. Do you like, thought at this point she was trying to kill birds? Oh, maybe. I mean, I don't know what she's doing. Uh, you've been hanging out with me too much. How does that? <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, because I hate birds. Oh yeah. Birds. Well, do you kill birds? You're you're scared of them though. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't kill birds because I don't want to go anywhere near them. Exactly. But, yeah, you wouldn't be able to like. Do the take birds. some pleasure in seeing dead ones. Really? Do you see a dead bird like ha? <laughs> One less bird I got to worry about. Would you Would you get like a BB gun and shoot birds? No. Why not though? Uh, that's that's too much effort. <laughs> What about, would you get a scarecrow? I mean, I, <laughs> as a Halloween decoration, maybe, but I wouldn't have it for any kind of function. Why not, though? Keep the birds away. Uh, they don't really, they, I mean, they're pretty far away in my yard, but anyway, I don't want to. <laughs> but um, Nora takes Mary to go visit Matt. And it turns out... Oh, I love this so much. Matt, oh. <laughs> I love Matt. Matt might be my favorite character. Like, I know I like Dean a lot. I like a lot of the other characters. But Matt, just rock solid. Oh. Always love to see Matt. Yeah, it's true. He, he is amazing. But I was shocked to see him coming down from the stockades and, like, washing his clothes and getting in and out of the stockades. Yeah, I was like, is, aren't, you, aren't you supposed to be in those, Matt? Who let you out? Well, it turns out all he had to do, he says, was refuse to let anybody take his place. Yeah, so now he's got, like, followers. He's gaining a cult now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> step out of the way. Yep, exactly. And he says, suffering breeds compassion, which is an interesting take. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know about that. I, know, I, I, understand, I, don't, I understand the reasoning behind it. I don't yeah. know if I agree with the reasoning. Hmm. I understand the reasoning, though, right? Like, if you suffer, you, you've you gone through it, and then you can empathize better with when other people suffer. Well, well, I think the idea is because he's suffering, people are compassionate toward him. Oh, okay. No, okay. Never mind. I, I did not understand the reasoning then. Okay. Okay. Well, so, uh, it turns out Mary's got an OBGYN appointment coming up, and they'll pick Matt What does that mean? Oh, the gynecologist. Uh, doctor, uh, well... I, it's something about the baby. <laughs> Look at the baby. Right. It's it's a, it, it, when you're pregnant, you have regular appointments with your gynecologist to make sure that you and the baby are doing okay. Okay. So, anyway, uh, mm -hmm. Matt, if there's uh, any, there's been any sign of her, and Nora says, "No, this is you know, <laughs> sorry, Matt, <laughs> you know," but. Matt Matt uh, says, "Well, you know, just give it time; it'll happen." So, yeah, he thinks that bringing Mary to the fundraiser tonight feels appears hostile, and <laughs> this is, I think, why Nora wants to go because she wants to go and she wants to specifically bring Mary in order to have it come across as hostile i love the the f you matt it reminds me yeah, when yeah. kevin did that <laughs> to matt yeah. the exact same line yeah yeah because Nora says why would i feel hostile toward them and matt 
in the very matte way. I don't know. Why would you? This is it's so it's such a matte thing to do. It's like just turn it back on the person and and, and let them know I know why you do. Now you tell me why you do. So um, and that's where she gives him the big F you and that's the end of that scene. Huh. Yeah. That that's good stuff. Anything else you want to say about this Matt scene? No. I mean you can't ever have too much, Matt. No, that's true. There are can't a whole have too much nowhere though. Uh, apparently in your uh, professional opinion. <laughs> Thank you for being professional. <laughs> but uh, back at the Murphys, they're getting ready to go, and Erica confronts Michael about Virgil. And this is where we get the line, you know what your father would do, and he says, shoot him again. Yeah. Uh, and they not bring up Jill. No, she doesn't. Uh, but I think this is enough. Like, <laughs> it, it, there's, there's enough going on here that it's forgivable that she doesn't mention the Jill thing. But they argue about whether or not Virgil deserves forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And Michael says, uh, really, a line that defines his character. Everyone who asks for it deserves it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's a, that's a different take than what John and Erica have. So it's interesting that, that Michael has this philosophy being raised by John and Erica. I think that's fine. Don't. Like, sometimes, you know, a parent's belief, like, causes a clash for a kid, I feel like. And then they'll just be the opposite. Yeah, that could be. I mean, and... and, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I was thinking of an example, but I think it's a good one. It's... Yeah, the kid, the kid, they're different than their parents. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, that's about it. I think definitely kids will adopt a lot of traits from their parents, but... Yeah. Well, I guess it makes sense, too, because he, you know, he's going to see Virgil, which they obviously have a problem with anyway. Yeah. So, anyway, in the parking lot of the benefit, Nora gets a call from who she thinks is going to be... The lady, yeah. Azriel. But it's it turns out to be Lori. I know. This oh was shocking. God. Definitely. Actually, Lori sounds so weird. Yeah. yeah. She sounds kind of desperate. She's looking Oh, certainly. Him, can't find him. She's worried about him. She's sorry. But Nora obviously hasn't seen Tommy. In fact, she's never even met Tommy. Mm-hmm. She was holding something in her hand. When she was calling Nora, Lori was. Yeah, it looked like a like like a spray can, like compressed air or um, spray paint or something. Oh. I mean, I I I didn't look at it too hard, but I saw it and I just thought like my based on that, this is real crackpot analysis right here. Is she started huffing compressed air, and this has caused a division between her and Tommy. Interesting. That's I, I well, honestly though I, I have no. Yeah, I guess I didn't even think that she was holding something here. But no, I I don't even know if that was like I just I have no clue what's going on there. Very yeah. intrigued. Would the last time we saw them, they had started uh, a kind of a mock Holy Wings scheme. Yeah, so I <laughs> I wonder if the power got to Tommy's head. I would love to see them interjected in here in some way, but they they will be. Don't worry. That's a big spoiler. <laughs> yeah so on the way into the benefit 
uh, Nora and Kevin are asked for a donation and Nora offers $500. Kevin does a double take like, whoa, why are we giving this much money? Yeah, we lost so much money on the house. Yeah, exactly. But did you catch this? The person says, do you have a PayPal? PayPal, yes. It reminds me of the Holy Wayne and Nora. Exactly. Yes, of course I do. And and she clearly reacts to it. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And I mean, the, the person even says, if you don't have one, we can set one up for you, which is exactly what the guy she paid Holy Wayne or paid to see Holy Wayne said to her. So, but also, I also put, is this PayPal advertising? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Well, there's, there, there's definitely product placement there. There's definitely product placement. Although I, to be fair, I don't think there were many alternatives to PayPal for this type of thing in 2015. What a sad time to be alive. <laughs> what do you do if, Someone like a friend paid for something, and you wanted to give him part of the money for it. Well, then you used cash or <laughs> that disgusting thing. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that Venmo and what's the Twitter one? Uh, a cash app? Was that talking about? I, I mean, don't know. A cash app. I'm pretty sure that those weren't really uh, widespread at this. No, point. yeah, I don't think they even existed. At yeah. That point. I mean, yeah, they've definitely come due to smartphones. So this is some of the more forgivable product placement, I'd say. <laughs> Nora intentionally sits right behind George. And, and so I thought, sorry, I thought this was the reason why she came. Primarily was she knew George would be there. And so she was planning on taking George George's case from the beginning. It, 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 is, it is very possible. You might be right. And actually, I kind of like that better. Like, that's why she was insistent on coming here. Yeah. Wanted to rob George. Okay. That could be. But Nora sits right behind him, and she's disappointed that the Department of the DSD is incorporating uh, some lensing questions into the new questionnaire. Uh, and then they, they there's a slideshow. Uh, <laughs> which, what's that? Oh, wait. Are you sending us on the slideshow? I wasn't going to say anything else in the slideshow. Oh, okay. Because it's like the most... Any sad slideshow I see, whether it's like end of the year or retiring or this, maybe 20% of the time, it's stay by Rihanna. Which is exactly <laughs> what this is. I, I, when I saw this, I just had such a visceral reaction of... Just... It just... Why is this like a standard song for sad slideshows? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the series set the record for that or something, or like uh, maybe they set the yeah, maybe yeah, they the trend started the trend. But I just, I just, I, I just, it just really popped me out of the moment when this started playing. I was like, ugh, am I in like an auditorium watching <laughs> a slideshow? Well, you know, it's interesting too because I, I don't think it's a very well done slideshow anyway because they're all like recent pictures of the girl. Yeah, you're t- <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing from when they were children, all within like right. the last week before they disappeared. Right, exactly. But anyway, the slideshow is important because during the slideshow, Nora steals the questionnaire. And <laughs> sure, yeah. well, sorry, I saw the looks between like Kevin and Nora as she takes it. Like, okay, like, Kevin, Kevin's just like, what, what, what's going? On? He's just like looking, and then <laughs> Nora's kind of like, don't worry, like. Gotta look. Like, I, I got it. Well, I, and part of it, I think, is Nora implicitly saying to Kevin, 
hey, I cover you up. For, I cover up for you all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you owe me this. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, up to this point, I could, I could see maybe you sitting on an eight for this episode. Wow. But from this point forward, holy cow, this is like a juggernaut from this point forward because now Jerry comes in to sacrifice a a goat in the middle of the slideshow. This is definitely the best part of the episode. No. Not the best part of the episode. If you say Joaquin is the best part of the episode, then I I, I think it's good. I I, I have gripes with it. I have gripes. It's just. With this? Yeah. Okay. Well, explain, explain it. Okay, so most people actually want him to sacrifice the goat, but Erica is livid about it. And it, it turns out, this is, you know, exposition time. We get yeah. all, a lot of exposition, yeah. All of it at once. He killed a goat on the day of the departure, and so everyone thought that he saved them by doing it. And so now he does it all the time, anywhere he wants. Hmm. And even... John tries to to stop Erica. I know tirade, and I love her rebuttal though. She's like, "Hey, if there are any miracles in miracle, then why does he get a pass?" Yeah, which is a great point. But John's if, just a really cool guy, or not John? Jerry's just a really cool guy. Him, okay, him yeah. and John play poker on the weekends. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and then she she even like confronts the woman who wears the wedding dress. And says you're number thirteen on the tour. You wear that wedding. You you were trying on your wedding dress when the departure happened, and so now every day you water that lawn in your wedding dress and take pictures with tourists. Mm-hmm. And and that from there she just goes nuts. We are we are the nine thousand two hundred and sixty one, and we are spared. We are not spared. And this, she says all this stuff, the wedding dress, the goat, it all, none of it works because my daughter is gone. And then she, Erica just leaves at that point, which is, it's interesting to see this from Erica because this is the type of thing that you would expect to see from John. Mm-hmm. However, it also does kind of tip Erica's hand here that she has gone, I think, from denial into maybe not acceptance but into anger for sure oh certainly and she seems to be on her way to the possibility of acceptance that her her daughter has actually departed Mm -hmm. okay um it seemed like earlier in the episode she was resisting the the possibility that her daughter departed you know it was all about finding her she's not gone but now for some reason, a switch has been flipped, and she seems to believe that her daughter has departed. Yeah. But when Erica leaves, Nora follows her, and she's got the questionnaire with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it meet, meets her at her house, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's back up. What did you want to say about this tirade that she has? I just... I don't I don't like the way so I'm happy we find out found out the wedding like yeah. lady uh why she had her wedding dress and Jerry. But just I don't know, maybe she wasn't happy with the reveal. I just The way it was revealed or 
the fact that it was revealed. The way. Okay. Because it, 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 it was very, like, direct, right? Mm-hmm. As it, like, basically, like, to show the audience, like, oh, and this is what happened, and this is what happened, right? Yep. I, so, I don't know. I just wasn't... That, 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 that kind of... I don't know. Yeah, it was just the delivery of it. Okay, so, I mean, it's... Def- I'm happy to know, but I just, I don't know. Something about the delivery of it. Okay, it's definitely a form of exposition, but I, I do... I think it's earned. I think it's justified uh, that she has made this switch in her mind that there actually may have been a departure and that they're not safe anymore. They're not spared. And that all this stuff that they do, that they may, they maintain these traditions and it's all just coincidence. And she's kind of pulling the curtain, pulling the curtains back and exposing the city, the, the town warts and all for everyone to see and make sure that she, that she know that they all know that what they're doing is futile and what they're and what happened was coincidence and that maybe her husband's right there are no miracles and miracle i i just want it noted on the record mm-hmm. how did i i can't even remember what i was gonna say now no no it's not <laughs> on the record then it's yeah, yeah, take it off the record. No more record. <laughs> record struck. Don't, don't, don't put what I said that I forgot what I said on the record. Uh, yeah, go back and get rid of that. <laughs> That's off the record. Okay, off the record now. Well, Are you we... allowed to do that? Like, no, I don't working, think. <laughs> working at a school, can you go? This is off the record, but and then say no. that. I, I, say whatever you want, but it's off the record. No. Huh? No. Anyway, Nora brings the questionnaire to Erica's uh, house and she offers to ask her the questions herself so that Erica can see that there's nothing to be scared of, which is really patronizing. And you kind of want to smack Nora at this point. Oh, Nora, Nora, ah, ah, Nora is an a hole during this whole exchange. She Ah. sure is. She sure is. And <laughs> I love when Erica starts to give it back to her because, but I, the problem is I, I, not the problem. The, the interesting thing is that I understand where Nora's coming from, because here you have two women who have both lost their fam- family members and you have Nora who needs to believe this was not a departure. And you have Erica who now suddenly does believe that it was a departure and you have them absolutely butting heads and this i this is like a tour de force scene this scene like just this scene alone should not allow you to move the episode below eight nah, i didn't care all that much to be honest you didn't care about this scene was, yeah i mean it was, oh my god See, I mean, I, I, it was an interesting scene and explain the bird stuff well i mean but beyond yeah. the position i'm not even talking about that I'm talking about like I think what the leftovers does so well are these one-on-one scenes where you just have these two characters who are having such an intense conversation, an intense moment, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, that you just can't even breathe during the whole thing. You can't even bring yourself to take a deep breath because you don't want to miss a syllable. You don't want to miss one of their breaths. You don't want to miss the eyelash on Nora's cheek that did you notice the eyelash no oh my god she had an eyelash on her cheek through this whole scene what does that mean like an eyelash fell out of her eye and it was resting on her cheek does that mean anything 
well, I don't think it necessarily means anything except that it makes this it makes it it adds a level of discomfort because you want to flick it away the whole time, but you know that Erica is seeing it too. And is she though? I didn't even notice it. <laughs> oh, watch it again. Yeah, I mean, you should watch it again anyway because it's amazing. But at any rate, the, this is the type of thing I think that this show does so well. And we can go back and find countless examples of this. We can find it uh, in Cairo with Patty and Kevin or with oh, Jim. Oh, that was good. And, and, in there. Yep. We can find it in The Prodigal Son Returns with Kevin and Wayne in the bathroom. We find it in Guest with Nora and Wayne. We can find it in Gladys with Patty and Lori. I mean, it's over and over again. We find examples of this, these two character scenes that are just so intense and so riveting, at least to me, they are. And Nora tries very hard to convince Erica that the questions are going to prove that Evie didn't depart. Meanwhile, Erica has it in her mind that they did depart. Uh, and Erica does invite Nora to do the interview. Nora gets choked up on, on the uh, question where she has to ask if the, the, if the person wore corrective lenses. She, uh, she can't quite get lens out uh, correctly. Did you catch that? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> did, did she wear corrective glasses or corrective lenses? <laughs> like she, she does like a kind of a double take there uh, and then one of the questions comes up have uh did the person withdraw more than a thousand dollars before disappearing because uh and the answer to that is no but then did you withdraw more than a thousand dollars before disappearing and the answer to that is yes and we find out why erica has the what's it what do you call it to go back the to-go bag, exactly. And it's because she was going to leave John. Now, Nora does not respond to that. Is that surprising to you that she was going to leave John? No. no. I, I think I had a question earlier. Although kind of different. Uh, not odd. Eh. A bit odd of a couple. I, I'm not saying you have to be the exact same as someone uh, to marry them or anything. But mm. they just have some similarities, at least. Yeah. So I just, they, just, they seemed, you know. I was surprised Erica was with him with the way he was. The way mm -hmm. she wants him to be, I guess. I don't know. That's the best way I can put it. I guess she didn't want to be with him anymore, so. Yeah. I mean, he's got a violent tendency. He's he's <laughs> attempted murder before. Yeah. Uh, and On he, Virgil. On Virgil, probably. Oh, I mean, he definitely is a he shot Virgil, for God's sake. <laughs> it's definitely Virgil. So, <laughs> uh, so he's attempted murder before. He's burned people's houses down. I mean, really, you know, he, she has every reason to want to leave. You know, it's only a matter of time for, before he turns it on her or the kids. Mm -hmm. But Nora doesn't respond to this at all. And it, it is... Interesting because I think up to this point, Nora has been relatively professional about this. Yeah, she's she's yeah. like it like it's her job. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But Erica tells her the story of her grandmother, uh, who claimed that Jarden 
was chosen by God and that she could prove it by putting a bird in a box and burying it in the woods for three days. And if it's alive when you dig it up, then you make a wish. And she tells her the story uh, about how she, she could tell, always tell the difference between pretend and real. And she tells her about how um, her own bird story, how she found this bird that was practically dead to begin with. She put it in the box, she buried it. This is right before she was about to leave John, right before Nora moved in next door. And as she opened it, she wished that her kids would be okay when she went. So this indicates she was not planning on bringing the kids with her, mm-hmm. which is an interesting choice. But she wasn't planning on bringing them with her, and she wished that they'd be okay when she went. And she knew that Michael would be fine, but Evie, she worried about. But they had no idea. She says they had no idea what it's like to pretend. So she talks, she reveals here that she's been pretending. This marriage has not been what it appears to be this whole time. And this idea of real versus pretend, in her case, she was pretending. And when she opened that box and that bird flew out, Evie disappeared the next night. Mm -hmm. And I think that gives us some, uh, well, quite. it tells us exactly, I think, why she's got this pile of dead birds now trying to recapture that magic to wish evie back she's bargaining ah there you go she is bargaining here have a bird can i have evie back nope okay what about another one i wonder if she's getting these birds by the way that's a good question is she she like leaving some feet out i like to mention she leaves feet in the box and when a bird comes near the box she like Let's go of a piece of string that drops the lid on it. And <laughs> bird is captured. Like, yes. That definitely makes sense. But th- now, like I said, up to this point, Nora has been very professional, but she loses it here. Oh, it's just ridiculous, really. Oh, that's, yeah. quite, that's quite the stretch there, Erica. Mm-hmm. Like, your logic is all over the place. Now, I don't think Nora's necessarily wrong. No, she isn't, but she's such a... T- ah. But she's such a jerk about it. I mean, oh, really, just... Really. Cool. She, deserved, she deserved a knuckle sandwich right there. Yeah, and she even goes so far as to say 140 million people disappeared three years ago. Did you wish them away, too? Because that's a lot of birds to bury. Ah. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. And, and then she brings up, she, Nora brings up the concept of lensing to Erica. I get it. I thought it was my fault, but I moved past it. I evolved because that's pathetic. Terrible things happen in this world. And the only comfort we get is that we didn't cause them. This had nothing to do with you. I mean, this is brutal. And Erica, you see a shift in her immediately. She is stone cold now and absolutely turns the tables right back on Nora and asks about her kids and you said they're gone did they depart or did they die and Nora just breaks down in tears well no she she says they departed and she breaks down in tears after Erica asks well I want to know their last words the best of your recollection, because Noah had asked her. Yep. Same question. Yep. And Nora 
does not respond to that. She just leaves. Mm-hmm. This scene is uh, it's spectacular. I, I, I mean, really, I, I'm not sure how... I like the next scene more. The next scene's fantastic, too. But this this scene is like these are these are two people who have suffered such major loss and in order to make sense of their own loss have to bash the other one's loss like in order for Nora to make sense of her own loss and to make sure that she isn't considered a lens she has to um, disprove and dismiss all of whatever no what the, yeah. but that doesn't make sense to me because if she wants wants to feel safe that she's not a lens if erica goes yeah i wish them away and they're gone oh sweet erica so you wish them away it wasn't caused by me it's caused by your wish no but but the point is in order to make that claim she would have to admit that they departed i see what you're saying but if i feel like she made the claim of they departed but it's not her fault it's erica's fault okay but the the theory is not wishing people away makes them depart the theory is nora's a lens okay i see i I see what you're saying and Nora doesn't believe that erica's right right she says so and okay i i I see what you're saying okay Right. So, and meanwhile, Erica, is, who has now started to believe that her, her child did depart, has to grapple with Nora's, you know, cold logic. No, there never has been and never will be a second departure. You know, that she, she has to, and then you have to start looking at other possibilities. If she didn't depart, what happened? Did she get kidnapped? Did she run away? What happened to her? So Erica has kind of resolved that the departures is where she's going to find uh, the answers. Nora has resolved that she cannot admit this was a departure. And you have these two just amazingly powerful actors just, just basically destroying each other in this scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's it's so good. It's it's so good. I mean, I would argue that this is perhaps the best scene that we've had so far. No. Don't beat Dean. What? Don't beat Dean. Oh my God. Doesn't beat Patty. Okay. Beat some math scenes. You can, you could make an argument for. Did you see coming in that laundromat? <laughs> Not a laundromat. Sorry, I'm dry cleaners. No, God. Are we watching the same TV series, Mr. Sal? No, uh, maybe Some straight not. bangers. Maybe not. But uh, we'll get to the scene that you love. Nora gets home, and Kevin picks this time to drop on her this Patty bombshell. He's been seeing Patty, yeah. Oh my God! And the way the he choice picked- of words, yeah. Like Kevin, what are you doing? Why? Are you- like stop! Like. Uh. I've been I've been seeing someone. Why do you say it like since, that? Since we since we've started being together, <laughs> it's Patty. <laughs> oh my god! But I I do love the 
the uh when nora says are you seeing her now yes yes what is she is she talking to you yes what is she saying she's saying that i never should have told you about her and that i just made a big mistake <laughs> oh which uh, kevin is, is becoming a shell of himself just yeah. he's like so he's so rattled by this oh yeah he's he's, he's going crazy he is where, where is my mind i'm waiting next episode there's gonna be it's gonna be that musical oh man and the last the last shot in the whole thing is nora reacting to this and you can just barely see in the background erica coming to focus as she throws a rock through the window so it's it's a signal that she has figured out who threw the rock through her window oh yeah yeah or she just independently thought you know this whole rock throwing thing through windows real effective no, I don't think it's that. I, 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 me too. I think she figured out it was Nora. <laughs> yep. Which, which is very interesting. I mean, it's and it makes you wonder how long she knew. Because did she know through that whole interview, or did something in that interview trigger in her? Yeah, I don't really know how she figured it out. Well, I think that Nora's. Nora really tips her hand with this with this aggression that she suddenly comes out with with just that's really flimsy logic there Erica and and even more so later when she gets really aggressive and uh oh, what does she say something like um uh oh <laughs> I moved past it. I evolved because that's pathetic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. That's just, it's awful. Blaming yourself is pathetic, Erica. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, still got a seven out of 10. Oh, my God. You're so wrong about this. <laughs> I'm going to hate it like the next episode, Mr. Sal. Oh, I don't even know anymore. Uh, uh, I can't I, believe how horribly I misjudged that. Oh yeah, I I knew you would. I knew uh, you'd like this episode a ton. I knew I knew you'd give this a ten. Yeah, it's got Nora too much in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's okay. Episode. It's good, but uh, maybe yeah, maybe I've got the silver tongue now. But just. That's not who's what got, I was hoping for. Who's got the silver tongue? Me. When it comes to the leftovers. Maybe I expect too much out of it now. Ah, uh, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not a oh, man. What what could have made this episode better for you? I don't know. More, more Joaquin. More Joaquin. <laughs> Less Nora. Less Nora. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess we just have to move forward, understanding that you are not a Nora fan. No, you know, I the thing is, I don't dislike Nora as a character. I like Nora's character. It's just maybe I'm just sick of it. I don't know. I just Nora not being fully over the departure. Like, what else is new? Right. <laughs> well, I but I think that. I understand the spin on this one is, well, what if Nora's the cause of these departures around her? Right. But I just, 
I think that, grappling with the departure still. I know th- it's been three yeah. some odd years. But I think, but I think she's always going to grapple with the departure. But I think that I've, there have been what two. This is the third. No, I guess there have been a, a, at least two uh, instances where Nora has rationalized for herself why she can move past it. You know, the first was when she got the holy hug from Wayne. And then the the guilty remnant ripped that bandaid off when they put the loved one's bereavement figures in her house. The second was when she discovered it was a matter of geography or when she dis- she <sighs> believed that it was a matter of geography and they moved to miracle. Mm-hmm. And now that bandaid has been ripped off with the, with the disappearance of the three girls. And now as if the bandaid being ripped off wasn't bad enough, <clears throat> the the scab beneath the bandaid has been ripped off by the the idea that she could be the cause of the departures and now her boyfriend is talking to a dead person yeah he's seeing someone yeah he's seeing someone you never want to hear that well, I, I can tell you that the next two episodes are both very Kevin heavy. The next episode is is not it's not anybody's unique point of view episode, I don't think. So I gotta uh, see Patty. Patty is in it. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of Kevin in that episode, but there's also other stuff. Um the episode after that is a Kevin episode. Okay. We're near the end of the season it was like four more. Right? <clears throat> yeah, four more. Yep. Or you know it. And I'll finish up Lost and another season of Leftovers. Well, we chugging away on this. Uh, I don't know. Should the people share the podcast? Do you think? Well, do you have any questions? Do you have any questions on the episode, Mr. Sal? Do I have any questions about this episode? Yeah, any questions? <laughs> I mean, sure. yes, I have one. I oh, yeah, sure. What's your question? Uh, how is it possible that you're only rating the seven? Mr. Sal, you asked too many questions. You know, <laughs> there are some teachers, and maybe you're one of them, that don't believe that there are any stupid questions. Do you think there are such thing as stupid questions? Uh, there can be intentionally stupid questions. And that's one of them. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, have you have anything else to say? <laughs> on the episode? Uh, I I would be interested to hear from listeners which side they fall on here, mine or Kurt's, because just, we've got Kurt saying this is the worst episode of the series so far. And it might you know it might be better than season one. Not okay. Not whoa 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 whoa. You are you have taken my you have taken my word and ran with no no no. Not it's not the worst episode of the series so far. I'm gonna say that right now. It's better than BG and the AC, okay? Uh Now, the question is, I I am unsure if it's better than the season one, or not season one, uh, premiere episode of season two. That's up for debate. I'm going to think about it. All right. But still seven. So I'm interested to hear from our listeners who's more correct here. Is this closer to the best episode of the season series, 
Or is it closer to the worst episode of the series? If you say I'm correct, you might get a million dollars. Wonderful phrasing. Might get a million. If you say I'm correct, you might get a million dollars. Nah, 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 nah. He's a copycat, though. What are you, you going to go with, like, some off-brand or classic Coke, right? Like, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. You might get a million. Here. You might get a billion dollars. There. Ooh. I said it. I know, before we started doing the big numbers game of a bajillion, gazillion. <laughs> Infinity, Infinity plus one. <laughs> um... <laughs> okay, neither do okay. i i don't understand either so uh, you have any ways of sharing the podcast mr sal uh right show on one lens of your glasses and hoppers on the other lens of your glasses what well, if you don't wear glasses get glasses. you could do um you ever do a time capsule yeah really yeah you, you want to explain anything on that like how long was the time capsule uh, I mean, probably not as long as this episode is right now, so we <laughs> don't want to get too deep into that. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nah, I don't want to talk about the time capsule. Anyway, <laughs> you guys should start a time capsule for your, uh, you know, for anyone you believe in the future that might, you might want to dig it up, whether it be for children, uh, like if you have children, or if, you know, you know people that might have children, or just and maybe future people that might come to where you live. Like if you have a house, you know, one day you won't be in that house. Whatever have you. You should leave a time capsule for someone. And in that time capsule, why not leave your favorite podcast in there? Show Hopper's podcast. <laughs> in what form? Uh, like an old phone with nothing but the downloading? No, 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 no. It, it, it can be like... A review written on paper. Show Hopper's podcast, my favorite podcast. If you're reading this time capsule, you you could transcript the entire podcast if you want. Put it there. People okay. could read what we're saying. Okay. Um, I think that, I think that's not a bad idea. And you know who knows? Maybe technology will come to the point where like disposable MP3 players are a thing. <laughs> so, like literally one time used MP3 players because. Who, 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 what fool would want to use the same MP3 player more than once? People from like the early 2000s, early 2010s, that's who. Not, not us here in the 2030s. No, 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 no. <laughs> we get new MP3 players every time you need to use one. Well, uh, email us at showhopperspodcast at gmail.com to tell us how wrong Kurt is and how correct I am. In the meantime, have a great week. And we'll see you next time.